licensed relationship and sex counselor, Greg Dazinski's, also known as Master G, the art of relationships will cover crucial elements in rebuilding emotional and physical intimacy in your romantic relationships. He will also welcome live calls from listeners and help him with these very challenges. Heard of the old repetitive and tiresome tit-for-tat arguments? Greg gets to the root of couples' challenges in a quick, matter-of-fact format, plus applies compassion and humor. Join in discovering how to improve your romantic relationship and your own life. Listen, laugh, and climax to a happier you. Greg is a licensed professional counselor in the state of Michigan, but to some of us, he is simply known as Master G. The Art of Relationships Radio Show is copyrighted, and no use in part or full is to be used without written express consent from The Art of Relationships Radio Show or myself, Greg Dzinski. Hey, welcome everybody to uh, Wednesday, hump day Wednesday. Uh, it's been a rough week, uh, so hopefully we can uh, sort of turn that around. Hopefully everybody's doing awesome. Uh, give a shout out to uh, sponsor uh, sponsor of this show, Gus's uh, Coney Island in Mount Clemens, Michigan, downtown and uh, across the street from uh, the court building, downtown Mount Clements on Main Street. Again, Gus's Coney Island, they're open uh, seven days a week. Get some uh, pretty good food, awesome service, usually friendly, joking around. It's a great family environment. So Gus's Coney Island, Main Street, across from the court, Macomb County Court Building, downtown Mount Clements. Say hello when you walk in for me. Okay, going to talk about uh, it's another topic that was brought up on Facebook as far as the topic of suggestion. Going to talk about codependency. Uh, this is a big word. Most people originated this codependency with people that are involved with, married to, in a relationship with, maybe even kids. You know, kids of alcoholics, right? That's been the most common term with codependency that has been out there, that someone is uh, always caring for, always catering to uh, someone that's an alcoholic, right? And if they weren't an alcoholic, they'd want to find somebody else because they need somebody to take care of, right? To always be there for them. That's been the old scenario of codependent. But codependency is, um, it's been around for a long time. It's been around for probably 40 to 50 years at least. And, um, you know, you're looking at it that, you know, codependencies, they tend to get worse if they're untreated. And I'm going to get into maybe symptoms of codependency. Most people know, like I said, it's not necessarily that you are with an alcoholic or drug addict. That does that can apply. Excuse me. However, a lot of times, you know, it, it can be you could be codependent in a relationship with somebody that isn't an alcoholic, that is not a drug addict, sex addict, whatever you want to call it, um, gambling addict. You know, there it's not necessarily that you're with an addict. It can be, you know, people that are very people pleasing, right? That they want, they sell themselves out, um, wanting to please everybody else. They sell out their values, morals. You know, I've been there myself. Um, you know, it's not, it's a very humbling, it's, it's a, it's a shitty feeling, uh, when you start selling yourself out. Um, so, you know, that you're people pleasing. You're always telling them what they want to hear. You don't want to, disagree with them. You don't want to, you know, always, you're afraid to confront them, right? Most of the number one, you know, codependency issues or related to codependency issues are definitely low self-esteem. You know, you don't think highly of yourself and a lot of people don't realize this. It's not always low low self-esteem triggers. You think, you know, being a doormat, being, um, wishy-washy and how you think and like I said before about the people pleasing you know you're you have a hard time saying no uh to anyone but another thing with low self-esteem it could be anger right and if you know say if you want to do something for somebody and they don't want you to they maybe accuse you of being overly motherly or nagging or they get claustrophobic and codependency you know all of a sudden they start thinking they don't want to be with you they don't love you they abandon you so 
people that have codependency will flip the script and you think it's all poor me, poor me. Some of them act that way. But another thing is the anger aspect. They could fire back. You know, they could they could be very crude, very, you know, very cruel and start going for the juggler and calling the other person, um, you know, names and all that. Then they start feeling bad and they want to kiss their butt again. So, you know, they get into this pattern. This is not once in a while. This is almost, <clears throat> it's a lifestyle. And I almost associate this, for people out there that don't know, almost associate this with a personality aspect, a personality, I hate the word disorder, <clears throat> but it's, let's face it, it's almost like a personality disorder. And there is, in fact, um, a personality disorder disorder that is called you know dependent personality disorder you know codependent might not be to that extreme where you know it can be hopefully resolved it can be fixed it can be better but the trick is you need to get help with this with someone reputable that someone that's good and they know what they're doing in this situation you know if not it can get worse and worse and worse and it's funny because, well, I shouldn't say it's funny, but it's ironic because codependent, they need that person, you know, they need to care for that person, love that person, always, you know, be with that person or anybody, it might be anybody. And what happens is, you know, they actually drive the other person away. Something that they, they, they want and they fear very, very much ends up happening because of these uh, low self-esteem issues. Another aspect <clears throat> You know, symptom of codependency is, you know, boundary issues, poor boundaries or weak boundaries. And what happens is that, you know, with the people pleasing, like I said, you sell yourself out, you're afraid to say no. So you might allow people to take advantage of you. Then you get pissed off and sort of blame them for, you know, put the blame on them. And then you turn back and realize it's on you because you allowed it to happen. And codependency, again, you know, they might feel bad, whatever, how do you manipulate me? Then they go back and forth between being angry at the person for doing it. Let's face it, they allowed it to happen. And then the other aspect is, you know, going back into, you know what, I'm sorry, right, it wasn't my fault because they're trying to kiss their booty so they don't leave. So, you know, nothing can be substantiated as the other person's fault, blame, or responsibility. I like the word responsibility better than blame. Um, everybody, you know, the caretaking aspect, right? They want to take care of you, all this aspects. And it could be, there could be codependency issues with kids and parents, you know. The old adage, um, the sick movie back, oh God, I can't even remember if it was 60s, 70s. I, I wasn't even really born or functioning until you know, probably 1970 when I was about two years old, but um, was Mommy Dearest. Or maybe another more recent one, Norman Bates was psycho, right? He would want to do, you know, thinking everything, even though his mom passed away or was dead, he still was sort of codependent on her lifestyle and what trying to please her, even though she wasn't around anymore. So people can be codependent on somebody actually that passed away. Uh, so you had that caretaking aspect that, you know, Norman Bates did from Psycho. And that, I mean, that's actually a pretty good example. That And another thing, you know, the caretaking is you want to fix that other person, right? You want to fix that alcoholic. You want to fix that drug addict and make them all better. And if you don't, this is sort of strange, but if you don't, you feel like you're not loved, that you're not worthy, and it goes back to the low self-esteem. You tie in to, um, you know, that you're not good enough or you would be able to fix you or they get better because they love you. And, you know, that flip, but if they do get better, you're not going to have anybody to fix anymore. So that drives you nuts too. So it's a vicious cycle that I want to try to help you guys break. Okay? Another aspect is a lot of codependent aspects you would think you know it's a yes you know yes dear yes dear yes dear scenario but a lot of them they try to also have control right because if they don't try to fix everything they whatever they go nuts because everything's out of their control and they feel like they're incompetent so they got to maintain that control too now again i want to i want to clarify you know these symptoms you know they don't necessarily all have to be present. 
you know, these are just examples. Just examples of, you know, people that have codependency issues. These are examples. So, you know, some of these might apply, but maybe not all of them, okay? So you look at all those aspects um, and try to find out, you know, exactly what's going on, okay? So, you know, the control aspects, you want to keep everything in control, okay? So, you know, this is part where they could be bossy. They want to have everything. They tell you, you shouldn't go there, shouldn't go here because it's... um. They're not only violating, you know, the other person's boundaries, but it's a way to make them feel safe and secure and that you're not going to leave them. Their kid is not going to leave them. Um, and it becomes a huge issue when, you know, you say you have a codependent child that the parents, let's face it, sort of made them that way. And they go on to another relationship and that, that ends up being a tough situation. That's why I said that needs to be remedied and it's very difficult perhaps to get them in counseling or therapy situation okay <clears throat> um another aspect uh is poor communication okay they might have problems communicating their thoughts their wishes you know other than the control freak aspect but you know their wishes their needs and like i said with the boundary aspects they um the boundary aspects also could hit on where they're afraid to speak. So poor communication, you know, you, you don't know where they're coming from. You don't know what they need. They're afraid to express their feelings. They're walking on eggshells almost all the time. So they're balancing between the, oh my God, I'm afraid to use them. And then I get pissed off and the anger comes back. And the cycle, like I said, goes back and forth. So you have a hard time knowing what the codependent individual wants, what they need, and maybe a lot of time where they're coming from. And that's a vicious circle, almost, you know, like, a, you know, the mouse, gerbil, whatever, and the, or the hamster and the hamster wheel might be a great analogy, okay? <clears throat> um, other aspects, you know, even going along with self-esteem, this goes with self-esteem as a whole, but it also hits on, you also want to hit on another aspect, you know, it's the negative self-talk, right? Oh, they're an alcoholic because it's my fault they start blaming themselves for everything, right? That they're not deserving and maybe worthlessness. And that's why they're in a situation. And for them to make themselves better, of course, they have to try to fix the other person. And if they don't fix that other person, you know what? It's a reassurance that they are incompetent, that they're not deserving, that they are negative, that they're no good. And, this is a very common thread, and it needs to hopefully change those situations, right? Like, you know, very similar to addictions, too. A lot of people who show symptoms or signs or maybe are full-blown in a codependency mode lifestyle is they're going to have problems with denying they are, right? Oh, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. How many people... You, in a situation, I think the most codependency or most common codependency situation arises when somebody, and like I said, it's not always women. There's guys, too, that are in abusive situations. You know, the denial, right? Oh, you know what? He's not beating me or I deserve it or whatever. And I, I've, you know, I've witnessed men in my office that have gotten bit. I mean, severe bites from their partners, um, you know, where the women are the aggressors, whatever, and they, they try to, you know, almost, you know what, I shouldn't have done this, I wouldn't have done that, but then they try to justify it or try to water it down of the event, the severity of those events happening. So they water it down or deny those situations, okay? Um, now, what happens as far as uh, intimacy, right? How many people with codependency issues are maybe overemphasizing or over-desiring, if you ever can, intimacy issues, right? Because, you know what, they're afraid so much of being judged, of being rejected. They might fear this or fear of abandonment. So their fears will always almost become an obsession, right? Maybe being overly jealous for no issues, no, no 
no justify cause or justification for that. Uh, so they become maybe a lack of the inti- intimacy issues start hitting. Um, they start him hawing about what's going on. Okay, so you know you start feeling judged. You start having that fear of rejection or being left behind or being abandoned, and therefore you start you know having unhealthy intimacy aspects. You know. As far as, or, you know, the example I gave about being maybe in an abusive relationship, either physical or emotional, and I hit on that a a week or two ago about, you know, abusive relationships, okay? Another aspect, (laughs) stay with me here, (laughs) another aspect you're going to see with codependency issues is that there's a lot of painful emotions that get triggered in a lot of issues with codependency as all these symptoms and you know f- maybe fear of losing somebody and the obsession with all those aspects too that hit and they trigger um always a fear of abandonment rejected um all these fears you know pulling away whatever trying to they're trying to get those fears reduced of course right moving away from pain Uh, And trying to get those painful things reduced. So they're doing everything they can. Almost an obsession. And let's face it. They drive you nuts. You start feeling claustrophobic. You start you know, feeling distance. And the codependent people. Or people with codependency. You know they don't realize. It's their own actions doing it. So the people sort of pull away. Distance themselves emotion. So it creates even more painful emotions. For the people with codependency issues. And they start doing it more. And a lot of relationships end because of this. Okay. So. That's a breakdown on symptoms. Or maybe examples of codependency. Um, Welcome to the Art of Relationships radio show. Here on Spreaker. You can also find me on Facebook. You can call in, please. Live call in. Uh, number is 586-840-8608. Again, 586-840-8608. You can join me on the live chat here as well. Talking about codependency. I appreciate everybody uh, checking in this evening and followers. Uh, I appreciate it very much, Okay. So everybody knows I'm not human and I'm just here trying to help everybody out as well. So I appreciate it. I'm going to take a short break and be right back shortly. Thank you. Check out PPRNlive.com. They have shows every Tuesday, Wednesday evening from 7 to 10 p.m. You want some hilarious hosts, hilarious guests, plus upcoming new stars of the band future? Check out PPRNlive.com. If you're looking for that unique, cool fashion statement, check out Shoes by Shay on Facebook. She has hand-painted, uh, hand-designed canvas shoes for you, your loved one. It's an inspirational piece unique to your own taste. Check out Shoes by Shay on Facebook. Again, that's Shoes by Shay on Facebook.
Welcome back, everybody. It's uh, Greg Dzinski, Master G, on the Art of Relationships radio show. Here, thank you for joining me, everybody, after a short break. Hopefully, everybody's doing well. And uh, talking about codependency, and uh, actually a great example, uh, as far as uh, another example of codependency was brought up by James. Give him a plug. This is... uh, in the chat room, this is awesome and very true, too. Mention that uh, when codependent, a person tends to unlearn their own resourcefulness. Not only does it make survival difficult when leaving abusive relationships, you know, or potentially or seemingly impossible, but also sets up for problems in separation or, you know, or the death of a partner. So James brought up a great point in the chat. Um... You know, regarding codependency, he's very right on the money with this. That a lot of times you'll get, you know, a lot of codependent people uh, or people with codependency aspects will forget how to survive. Like James said, you know, their resourcefulness. They'll look at and they'll forget because all their focus goes on that other person or whatever. That they, you know, without that other person, they're going to feel like their whole sense of self, their whole purpose in life is to try to care or try to, you know, the whole relationship is the focus. So when that's not there anymore, they forget how to live, how to survive, and they have to reinvent themselves. It's a great point, James. And what happens in these situations, you know, they might shrivel up and die. They might become, um, do I want to say shrivel up and die? You know, they could become very uh, dysfunctional. They might end up going in deep, deep depressive states uh, suicide is very common in this situation because, again, their self-esteem is so low and it's very dependent on how their partner, whatever is feeling or not feeling, is, you know, they get sucked into everybody's, you know, their partner or could be a family. You could be codependent to a family as well, your own family, and you get sucked into uh, the roller coaster of the emotions and your emotions are based on everybody else. That's not healthy at all. So your own you know, resourcefulness, it might be out the window because you your whole identity is shaken. It, let's face it, it's gone because maybe the, the person left you or they passed away. So, you know, trying to regain a resourcefulness, you know, you feel so hopeless and that you can't survive. And this is a very detrimental state because it's it's very, you know, a very heightened point at this term, if someone leaves that person or someone passes away for, you know, suicide. I'm not saying that everybody with codependency issues, you know, when they get out of a abusive relationship or, you know, the death of a loved one like that, excuse me, is going to commit suicide. But the risks are, you know, they're substantial in those situations. So great point, James. I appreciate you bringing that up and many props to you, okay? Um, now... You know, for those out there that have been in codependent situations, uh, I've dealt with quite a few, and I'm going to be honest with you, they tend to be, they're very difficult because it's almost—it's—it's it's a total mindset, and I'm all about people evolving and growing. It's almost like a personality shakeup, if you will, that needs to be started from the beginning, okay? And we want to work on, you know, the recovery aspect, you know, works on um, reconnecting with their own, if you want to say, reconnecting with their own self. Trying to identify, you know, what's going on. And you, if someone's been, you know, codependent aspect, it, it's very difficult. Or if you have two people, uh, James just popped in again, about mutual, you know, mutual codependency. If they're both mutual um, meaning they're both codependent on each other, you know, it's a whirlwind. And, you know, it takes up, you know, who has responsibility or what. You have both of them taking caregiver, whatever. So that becomes even a deeper dynamic when you have both people involved or maybe numerous family members involved that are, you know, they all feed off each other in a codependent aspect, okay? So you look at... <clears throat> The situations that come in and, you know, how do you start and how do you, you know, sort of recover, if that is a word, or recover, fix, help aspect 
to fix it? You know, how do you recover from codependency aspects? You know, the one aspect is trying to reconnect with their sense of self, right? Their their sense of identity and who they are and what their purpose is, a renewed purpose, right? And it's very difficult when the mindset, when they believe their whole purpose is the other person's identity. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, you know you're dependent. We all want to be dependable, right? And there's differences, you know. Husbands, wives, partners, whatever. It doesn't matter less me. You know, you might be able to depend on one another, okay? And we get in a pattern where we depend on that person. And unfortunately, they leave a divorce or, you know, they pass away suddenly. And you're wondering, you know, where the checkbook is. I mean, if you use checkbooks anymore. But, you know, where the bills are. Where You know, you're dependent on the person to take that role. And, you know, codependency is a little, you know, it's a different than that. It's your whole makeup. You know, you can learn that. Your whole identity is not shaken. Your lifestyle and your routines and your habits are shaken in that situation. When you, you know, you run a household, you have kids, you know, you're responsible, you know, as James said about taking, you know, one might be responsible for the bills. The other one might be responsible for, you know, grocery shopping, laundry, whatever. You know, we all depend on each other, which is a good thing. Codependency, you know, it's almost like a personality makeup. You know, we can bounce back from maybe most times, you know, a divorce situation or the passing of a loved one. I'm not saying it's easy. It's it's different, but you don't lose your whole identity. A lot of codependency individuals, their whole identity is based on the other person or family member or family members that can trigger on that. So, you know, the key is, you know, reconnecting with or trying not only reconnect you know, especially if they've been raised since a kid like this and they're an adult, very difficult to work with. But we want to reconnect or maybe connect with their own identity. Um, all right, I'd like to say, you know, connect with a new identity and try to form what their identity is outside of the person, right? Um, get their sense of honor back. And self-care is huge. You know, how can you take care of yourself now and sort of maybe be dependent on yourself versus somebody else, okay? Another aspect is, you know, you look at, you have to be authentic, you know? How can you get them to be authentic with themselves and build autonomy, right? How do you build that autonomy and try to identify their own values and thoughts and feelings and actions, right? Because they might not have their own. They've been so dependent on somebody else's that you know their feelings are based on everybody else you know i'm mad because you're not giving me what you need or i'm not fixing you so you know that's my fault i'm not fixing you but i'm gonna be mad and blame you this is where they're okay to have their own values their own thought patterns their own you know philosophy aspects right so you know what do you do the number one thing, the recovery aspect is trying to build with anybody I work with. I'm keyed on this, and this is so crucial, especially with individuals with codependency aspects, is to build the self-esteem. Or I, I like to call it not only, you know, I call it a sense of self. You know, it's self-esteem, sense of worthiness, right? That you deserve to be loved. You deserve to be healthy. You deserve to have, as I mentioned a minute ago, your own feelings. You deserve to have your own emotions, your own values, your own beliefs. Outside of everybody else. That you're okay with that. And re rebuilding, if you can, or trying to build from the ground up, if you will, the self-esteem aspects. And sense of, I call it, you know, sense of self, self-worth. And confidence, you know, so used of, and I brought this up, you know, how many people have heard of other esteem, right? Nobody. That's what I mean. Codependency issues are based, their whole esteem, self-esteem, if you will, is based on other people, other esteem, right? So if other people like you, everything's great, but if they don't, you crumble, you crush, you, you might be withdrawing again, or you might trying to fix it so they do like you. And it might not be, like I said, you sell yourself out and it might not be a healthy situation for you, but you're going to do it anyways because of the, the lack of boundaries you have with your own self. You 
your boundaries depend on everybody else, not your own self. So the key with codependency issue is starting with the self-esteem aspect, right? Building it up. Self-worth. You know, how do you do that? Ah, we key in on your good points, right? So much centered on, you know, with self-esteem issues is the negativity. I want to flip that script a bit and hit on, you know, what is good about you. And a lot of times it's hard to do because the codependency, they're always negative and they always uh, negative self-talk. They'll bash themselves. You know, I might try to throw up what I see and I, I don't, I'm not into BS and any clients, you know, or anybody in the situation. What I see and what I feel about my clients is very genuine and real. I might not be accurate, but you know, I, I'm going to be real and honest. I don't want to blow smoke up anyone's ass and, you know, look at these elements to where, um, you know, they're real, they're genuine, but I want you to see them and I want you to have the own identity. It shouldn't matter if I like you or not, I want you to like yourself. So this is all in green. So we pick on even little things, little positive. You're, you know, you have a genuine smile, you know, you, you're smart, you're insightful, anything to try to key in on building a self-worth and self-esteem up and getting them to like themselves. Not because somebody else says so, because they also can say, I don't like you and destroy you. That way. So I want you to feel good about yourself. That's the starting point. You know, and part of building your own self-esteem is you have to know yourself, right? You have to know what you stand for, what your values are, how you want to be treated. You know, how do you want to see yourself? You know, what is healthy for you? And it's, again, you know, this is all tapered in from the self-esteem building. If you don't know yourself, we have to find, right? Your whole identity is wrapped up in maybe your own um, nuclear family growing up. Or maybe it's it's wrapped into abusive partner. Right? So, you know, individuals with codependency, um, they, don't, they might not know themselves. Or maybe if they do, and that's a good thing if they do, because it makes it easier, that they don't know how to express it or they're afraid to express it. They don't think they're worthy enough to express who they are, right? And the other key component is, you know, once, you know, the self-esteem, you know yourself, we have to test it out, right? So you have to risk, taking a risk with new actions, with new behaviors. If somebody says something that disrespects you are you able to speak your mind and say hey you know what i don't like that i'm not i'm not going to take it you know that's uncalled for that you speak your mind so taking a risk is huge and i want to create the environment for you to be able to take that risk and that it's okay and it's going to feel so foreign to people to do that you know with codependency issues that you know, it, it's hard taking that risk and sort of re, realigning themselves or finding themselves a new identity, if you will, that it's okay to speak your mind. But I want to make it very safe for them. You know, it's going to be scary to take those risks you're not used to. It's something new. That's okay to be scared. But I want to make it safe enough to do that. And it's okay, almost like you're giving yourself permission to do that. You know what? It's new for me. I'm learning. I, I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to evolve. I don't want to be in an unhealthy relationship, unhealthy situation because, uh, you know, I want I want to be independent. Ah, not dependent. Right? And this isn't the type of, you know, you're dependent on love when you love each other. I get that. That's not, you know, this is to the extreme where you sell yourself out. Okay? So you want to change from dependent to sort of independent that you have your own thoughts, your own values, your own, you know, sense of self. That's very, very healthy, okay? So, I'm going to, on that note, I'm going to take a little breather, let my uh, voice cool down. This is the Art of Relationships radio show. I appreciate everybody joining me. Um, and the insights uh, from James and Chad, again, you can reach me uh, live online at, or I'm sorry, live on the air at 586 eight four zero eight six zero eight i appreciate it and i'll be back in a few thank you much people check out pprnlive.com they have shows every tuesday wednesday evening from 7 to 10 p.m you want some hilarious hosts 
Hilarious guests plus upcoming new stars of the band future. Check out PPRNlive.com. If you're looking for that unique, cool fashion statement, check out Shoes by Shea on Facebook. She has hand-painted, uh, hand-designed canvas shoes for you, your loved one. It's an inspirational piece unique to your own taste. Check out Shoes by Shea on Facebook. Again, that's Shoes by Shea on Facebook. Welcome back, everybody, to the Art of Relationships radio show. Shout out to Gus's Coney Island, uh, downtown Mount Clements on Main Street, uh, across from the Macomb County Court Buildings. Open seven days a week with uh, smiling, friendly, family atmosphere service. Uh, stop in, say hello to them. I uh, have uh, great Coney dogs, uh, breakfast, you name it. They, uh, they got it. They're open for uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week. So stop in. On Main Street, across from the Macomb County Court Buildings, downtown Mount Clements, people. Talking about going back to uh, uh, codependency issues and trying to, you know, how to help them, right? I talked about building self-esteem. Uh, that's going to be the first step, right? Knowing yourself and also risking to take new actions to instill these new mindsets, the new behaviors that you want to do that are healthy for you, okay? Another aspect um, hitting on is, you know, talked about, uh, four steps. A lot of people, you know, recovery from, uh, codependency, a lot of, um, specialists that work with codependency work on, usually work from a state of, um, four 
if you want to say four tasks or four steps <clears throat> to look at. And I'm going to cover those, you know, as well. And, you know, a lot of things are, you know, as abstinence, right? That's a big thing, right? Abstinence to recover from codependency. What does abstinence mean? Everybody knows when it comes from, you know, dependent, drug addict, alcoholic, um, or alcoholism, whatever. You know, they talk about abstinence, right? So what does abstinence mean from the point of being codependent, right? Codependent means, you know, there needs to be abstinence where everything surrounds the other person. Everything surrounds the family, right? You know, you could be so codependent and say a mother or stay-at-home mom could be so codependent on her children to be, that's her whole existence. Without them, she's gone, no purpose, whatever. When they move out of the house, she can't handle it. She goes nuts, tries to keep them, blames them, guilt trips. That's not healthy, right? That's put on to the kids, and that is not good. She always wants to depend on the kids needing her for her own sense of self. So abstinence means, you know, your the focus needs to be, or the big, face it, psychobabble click turd term is locus of control needs to be on you. This is not selfish, right? This has to be on your feelings, your values, your needs, right? And what is important to you, not somebody else's. And a lot of codependency will argue and they will kick and scream. Maybe literally, maybe not. But they'll kick and scream to where, um, you know, they'll, they'll think and they'll feel in their gut that this is selfish to do. You know, I can't think about myself. I can't think, you know, whatever, that it's wrong. It's it, Again, it's re-identifying themselves, right? Re-identifying themselves and knowing themselves more that, you know, their feelings do matter. Their values do matter. It doesn't matter if they matter to anybody else. They matter to you. And that's what, you know, that's important. And it's not being selfish. So, you know, abstinence from always focusing on the other person or family members, right? It, it serves the purpose of, you know what, your needs, your values, and your feelings they're important, not everybody else's, because if you do, that's what gets you into problems. You sell yourself out and you create some very unhealthy relationships, some very unhealthy um, and maybe very dangerous um, situations that you put yourself in. So abstinence from obsessing about everybody else or somebody else, you know, family, your significant other, and you need to change that to focus on yourself, that your your feelings do matter. Again, you know, your self-esteem, your sense of self involves how you think, your values, your needs, and your own feelings. They matter. Okay? And the big thing is an awareness, right? Everybody talks about denial, um, that you're in denial. Oh my God, they're in denial. They make excuses why, um, you know, she hits him, beats him. Yeah, it does happen. I said she. Uh, there's also the aspect where, you know, he beats her or whatever. And there's also that denial I talked about, right? So there has to be an awareness brought up that hits on, um, you know, what they're doing and what's going on with them. And it's very, very painful to get in those situations um, because it's learning to be you, right? And a lot of people that are end up, you know, with codependency issues, they need to learn and have an awareness to be self-reliant, self-sufficient, separate that their emotions, feelings, whatever, are their own. They're not based on somebody else. So you need that awareness, right? And most people, you know, with codependency issues also, they might end up, you know, they criticize themselves. The negative self-talk that they, they always constantly criticize themselves, right? Another thing is they might be perfectionists. They don't view anybody else as perfectionists. They view themselves. Again, you know, going back to, you know, if they don't stop drinking or drug addict, it's my fault. I'm not being perfect enough for them or they would change, right? So, you know, an awareness of all these issues, maybe an awareness might be another term or better pronounced as an awareness of maybe 
of your actions, an awareness of what you're doing that is unhealthy. And not only that, an awareness of anything that, you know, your feelings and everything and how your feelings are interpreted not only by yourself or how they're reactive or, you know, reactivity to everybody else's, what they say, what they do, what they think, and how that matters to you an awareness that, you know what, we need to, my, one of my many click terms uh, other than throwing you up against the wall and having sex, right? Um, where an awareness of how your feelings are, how your feelings are sort of reactive to everybody else's. You know, you need this awareness, okay? Another aspect is acceptance. Holy crap, right? Acceptance is huge. Acceptance of who you are, right? Acceptance is huge of yourself. I talk about, you know, self-acceptance. This is huge. And I, I, I print out, there's a... Uh, I don't know if it's a poem or I call it an inspirational piece. And I give to a lot of people with low self-esteem um, and not, you know, everyone low self-esteem has codependency issues, but it almost goes hand in hand where it's called the importance of acceptance. Um, and I'll have to, I'll have to find, I have it in my, you know, one, my resources. I hand out to quite a few clients on actually on a weekly basis. It's called the importance of acceptance. You might be able to Google it or whatever, and it, it, it's very cool. And it's it's sort of short, sweet about self acceptance and how important it is that you know you accept yourself to take better steps. You take to take healthier steps. That you're accepting yourself that you're not perfect. Ha! Right. People with codependency or low self-esteem, they know they're not perfect. However, the issue is being able to accept that. Being accept, accept that does not mean that um, you bash yourself. You can accept yourself for not being perfect. And oh my God, I'm far from perfect out there. Yeah, I said it. Greg here, Master G is not perfect by all. Um, and there's a lot of things I'd love to redo. I think we all. However... You know, self-acceptance, we want to acknowledge it, but that doesn't make us a terrible, rotten person as a core. You know, self-acceptance um, is about you're able to forgive yourself. And some things, that doesn't, you know, some things it's harder to forgive ourselves for other. Um, you know, it could be, you know, affairs. It could be um, maybe yelling, screaming at our kids, at our partners. It could be anything that, you know, we say we might not forgive ourselves, but part of the healing process and self-acceptance is, you know what, I did this, and I feel like crap. I feel like shit about it, genuinely, but you sort of learn, uh, you know, sort of move and heal and learn that you're not going to do those actions again. So self-acceptance is looking at our faults, right, and not allowing the guilt to consume us and to destroy us, because that guilt centers on, again, the low self-esteem, we're not a good person, we're not worthy, we're shit, we're this, we're that, you know, whatever. So the self-acceptance is very, very difficult to get at with people with low self-esteem and those that are having, you know, codependency issues or um, philosophies, if you will. I think it's like a philosophy. So you want to hit on and be good to yourself. You want to accept yourself for being human. That you're not perfect and it's okay. That doesn't mean you can't grow and evolve and try to become perfect, which we'll never do it. But it doesn't mean we can't stop trying. We try to improve and cut yourself some slack. Cut yourself some slack in being able to, you know, accept yourself for human. That does not mean, you know, getting in the point... I always say, you know, being arrogant, and I don't care, it's always somebody else's fault that I did this. No. Self-acceptance is taking responsibility for your own actions, okay? And this is um, which a lot of people go to the extreme about taking responsibility because everything's their fault, right? With low self-esteem 
and you know with codependency issues everything is their fault i'm not good enough they left me because i didn't do this right they're still an alcoholic because i wasn't good enough to fix them to help them whatever they weren't fixed because oh my god i couldn't have loved them uh I must have not loved them right. I must have did everything wrong. Self-acceptance is looking at, you know what? I did the best I could with what I have, what knowledge I had, and maybe where I was in life. That's not, you know, you're dealing with the guilt and you're taking responsibility, but you're not letting it consume you. Right? You're not letting it consume you and ruin the rest of your life. So that is crucial. The fourth element is action. Ah, this might be the difficult part, right? Remember I talked about um, risking new action or risking taking new behavior? What can you do to instill new actions, right? What can you do about setting boundaries for yourself, right? Now we're you know, putting everything we're learning um, building self-esteem, knowing yourself. Now we want to take the risks, you know, self-acceptance and taking risks for your actions. And the number one aspect is to hit on is setting healthy boundaries for yourself, right? It's setting healthy boundaries for you. And what can you do to stabilize this, right? What do you do to stabilize healthy boundaries for you? You know if someone steps across your boundaries, do you feel it in your gut that they are maybe belittling you, taking advantage of you, manipulating you, right? And some family members, you know, in abusive relationships are very good at manipulation because they know they feed off you because you're going to do whatever they want you to do. Well, now we got to change. Excuse me. You know, we got to change this, put this in action where you need to set up proper boundaries and self-acceptance, right? Set up the boundaries in place and break those old habits, right? So we have to make you more comfortable in setting up boundaries. A lot of people, what happens with low self-esteem, I talk about, they'll go to the extreme, right? They'll go from being a doormat, and I was one years and years ago, probably decades ago, not just years ago, you know, from being a doormat into being... The opposite, right? Being a total jerk, dick, bitch, whatever you want to call it, uh, you become, you go from one extreme to another. That's not healthy, right? You still want to be caring, compassionate to other people, but also not allow people to step on you and take advantage of you, okay? You want to have healthy, healthy boundaries. And how do you do that? By putting them in the actions, by speaking your mind, right? Or getting yourself out of situations that aren't healthy for you. Maybe walking away, right? What else happens to taking actions to make you happy? What would make you happy and what can you do except, you know, ex I should say, you know, your use of maybe codependency issues, you know, your emotions, your happiness is all centered on how the other person, how your partner or maybe family feels about you and you know your their reactions to you right now i want you to start taking actions and do behaviors that make you happy i'm not talking about uh, treating other people like crap you know or you know being rude being crude to people you know if that makes you happy then there's definitely something else going on that's rude or i say rude that's messed up right um, psychologically, mentally, emotionally, there's something else going on that needs to be looked at. But, you know, you're so used to uh, picking up on your own emotions are uh, dependent. They all, they're, you know, they all de are determined by everybody else. Now, you need to take actions and go after stuff that makes you happy. Maybe it's a career move. Maybe, you know, it's getting out of a healthy relationship. Or maybe there's a relationship, uh, or did I say healthy? Getting out of an unhealthy relationship. You want to stay in a healthy one, right? Um, you look at, you know, what what is going to make you happy. Again, it centers back. I'm going to loop back to your feelings, your beliefs and values and your thoughts and your needs are important. So what actions can we take to instill you to do this, right? It could be jobs, moving, you know, getting out of an abusive relationship. You know, what can we do to make you happy 
um, and safe emotionally, physically, all these aspects. And a big trigger is, you know, all these new behaviors do this. It's very easy to get sucked back in, to get pulled back in with codependency issues because you're not used to it. So usually my work in these situations is making it okay. I want them, number one is to get permission. You know what? It feels awkward. If I'm not used to this. I'm scared. It feels like, oh, I'm crawling out of my skin. I hear this a lot because I'm not used to it. And I want to help you. You know what? Tell yourself, I feel like I'm crawling out of my skin. I don't like it. It's uncomfortable. You know, I feel, ew, I feel gross. I feel whatever, uncomfortable. But that's part of the growing pains I always talk about and promote. You know what? I'm going through this. I'm maturing as a healthy person. I'm maturing and getting where I'm healthy and happy about myself. And it's dependent on me. I'm not dependent on anybody else. I'm, de- I'm getting more dependence ah, on my own independence. Okay? Can you get sort of dependent on your own independence? Okay? So, hopefully this evening... Um, sort of gave some insights to you and maybe helping out somebody in your life that may show signs that are maybe codependent, tendencies, actions, whatever, okay? So maybe these insights will help and there's a, give a shout out, you know, Psych Central and uh, a Mayo Clinic and web uh, webmd.com. Uh, Uh, You know, there are also resources, too, that can be useful in this uh, situation, okay? I want to thank James again uh, for joining me on chat with some awesome insights. I appreciate that again. Again, this is the Art of Relationships radio show. This is Greg Dzinski, a.k.a. Master G. I appreciate everybody uh, being on with me. Um, I will be on Sunday evening. Same time, 8 o'clock until now. Again, I'd love your feedback. Join me on Facebook at the Art of Relationships uh, page on Facebook. I love your insights. I'm always looking for suggestions of topics uh, to cover on the show. Like this one, this was brought up by a few people on Facebook. So I'd love to hear your insights. And uh, like I said, I'll never get away from it this show. My purpose is to help others. Uh, This is for you. It's not about me. Uh, I appreciate all the followers. I'm very humbled by that. Uh, Again, I hope everybody has a nice Wednesday evening. Join me again Sunday night on Spreaker.com. You can find me under the user as Greg Dzinski or the Art of Relationships. Okay. Thank you. This is Master G. Much love, as always, to everybody else. And I will talk to you uh, Wednesday evening. Or, I'm sorry, Sunday evening. I appreciate it. Relationships Radio Show is copyrighted. And no use in part or full is to be used without written express consent from the Art of Relationships Radio Show or myself, Greg Dzinski. Licensed Relationship and Sex Counselor, Greg Dzinski, also known as Master G., The Art of Relationships will cover crucial elements in rebuilding emotional and physical intimacy in your romantic relationships. He will also welcome live calls from listeners and help him with these very challenges. Heard of the old repetitive and tiresome tit-for-tat arguments? Greg gets to the root of couples' challenges in a quick, matter-of-fact format, plus applies compassion and humor. Join in discovering how to improve your romantic relationship and your own life. Listen, laugh, and climax to a happier you. Greg is a licensed professional counselor in the state of Michigan, but to some of us, he is simply known as Master G.